Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello, Didi. How's it going? Things are awesome, especially now that you're back. Oh, I'm back from Tel Aviv. Been there for a week. Uh, I found the best week to go when... Uh, they had demonstrations, closing of everything, and wow, people are involved, politically involved, politically aware, and getting out to the streets over there. In France, too. It, it's amazing how people would go and act on things they believe in. I, I wonder what would make 10% of the population in the U.S. actually go and demonstrate for something here. What would take to to move people out if somebody takes a super bowl from brady that will get me in the streets not 10 percent of the population what's new around your life so let me start with being grateful for you being back so now i get to sleep at least one hour more every morning because i've been getting somebody else is making the kids breakfast exactly i hate making breakfast in the morning i i hate mornings in general but you have the peloton for yourself when i'm away that that, that's that is kind of like yes uh, it's the pros and cons yes and i discovered that the kids have no idea about the wizard of oz because i was playing ding dong the witch is dead and they didn't know where that comes from so you realize how he calls me no, God, no. You are my savior. Okay. <laughs> you well, are, well, you okay. are Galinda, in case you don't know. Alphaba, Wicked Witch. But Galinda is the nice witch. Okay. The and the week before I was away, yes. you were away I was in away. Dallas? In, at Dallas. Dallas. It's, in a it's conference. Actually, it's it's actually, conference time, see, it's guys. Conference uh, and you know how I feel about conferences in cybersecurity, but we kind of like have something good to say. So we wanted to share because we everybody, if you didn't listen to our long rant at the beginning of our, our season, uh, talking about conferences and marketing in cybersecurity, go back, listen to that. I was very voiceful about, vocal. Uh, very vo- vocal, yeah, about what I dislike in conferences. Yep. And did is back in like, he was, I was saying very that happy. he was I was awesome. very happy. Yeah. So last time I was this excited about a conference was in 2013. When so I, Gartner IAM. Gartner right? IAM. Let's do a shout out to Gartner because usually I give them such a hard time, an analyst in general, about the fact that their advisor is not, they have no skin in the game. This time I want to give them a shout out because if they do the good, a good job, they should get a shout out. And the Gartner IAM conference, I think soup to nuts was... Perfect. Why? Is it because it's smaller and it's a niche and not kind of like RSA conference that is tries to be everything for everyone? No, I I think it's more the meticulous selection of talks and the meticulous selection of kind of shepherding who comes kind of comes in. That's why I wanted to say that the first one that I was really impressed was way back when was reinvent. In 2013, 2012, 2014. Oh, that was early days of reInvent, right? It doesn't matter. It was really good. It was really focused. It really got developers talking to developers. And a lot of this came from what the talks were, how they focused and uh, the the vendors and controlled what vendors show it's like up. like the early days of Black Hat it's before like it became like a vendor it, show. And this, uh, uh, exactly. And one of the things I love about this Gartner IM so, uh, con- conference was 
it had the right delineation between who's a vendor, who's an attendee, who's a buyer. Even the tags, who's an analyst, you got this in the tags. The tags themselves were color-coded and it was very clear when somebody came to your booth who, who does what. Okay. And they were very good at governing that to make sure that the big ones don't overshadow the little ones. The vendors. The vendors. Yeah, I think uh, what I like, I've never been to IEM. That's not my field, but I've been many times to the Security Summit, which is happening this year in, in June. And the thing that I do like about it is like it, it's even playing field. Like yes. everyone gets a very similar booth. Everybody gets to play in the same arena. It's pretty nice from yes. that yeah. standpoint. And that balance allows to have a lot of these conversations. Also, they govern very tightly on the, to make sure that the big ones can throw massive massive lot of money exactly m- massive parties and basically like you will have in two weeks time at RSA when it's like craziness vendors spend yes. I think this year we're not gonna see craziness like I'm talking to a lot of folks we're all focused on getting our eye out of it which still to be <laughs> confirmed if it's possible to get ROI from a conference that is in San Francisco with flights are very expensive, uh, tells are crazy expensive. So I, I, I think you can. I think Java 1 was very, very good for everybody. I think Oracle World was very, very good. Back in the days. No, no, no. Uh, Oracle World maintained, as long as Oracle was relevant, Oracle wor- World was very focused because... The fact that you do own and govern the tone and not outsource, a lot of the companies outsource the conference to somebody else. And then when it's a for-profit company managing the conference, just for the conference, RSA conference is not owned by RSA, it's owned by... A company um, that bought the brand from RSA. Exactly. Yeah. And they're doing this for profit. And the best way to make a profit is if the big guys can pay a lot, get them to pay a lot more, and then you break the the playing field. Gartner, I think, cares about their brand, and they want to stay on topic. So they govern the talks. They don't... So they, they care more about the topic than... They, they care more the about... They, they, I think they care... They, they, wanna ma- they do want to make money out of the conference, but they know that they don't want to butcher the brand for because they make money more out of the reports, the consulting gigs... The the continuous conversations, the dinners, the, the everything that comes with the brand, a lot more than I think they make out of the individual conferences versus... Because I remember that in the early days, they had something similar to that that Matan and I went to in Florida. It was about data science and ETLs and all the, the integration stuff. And that was also very well done. It was very, very well done, very, very well governed. You could actually have effective conversation as a buyer from the vendors. You, you could block time off, get, we got serious face time with valuable people out of TIBCO. We got valuable time out of valuable people out of IBM, something that was a harder thing to get way back when. When there was no internet, there was no LinkedIn, there yeah, was no Calendly. Yeah, that, that is the thing. You're talking about attending a conference back in the early 2000s versus today when to actually have a value of taking a plane to the other coast and spending a, a week out of your home office, you need a good reason for that. Yeah. And, and content is. I mean, at the end of the day, the content has to be 
different enough from things you find on YouTube or yep. things you read, and it's hard to get unique well, content. That, that's, the, that's the upside of talking to smaller vendors like ourselves. Matt was there. I was there. Anna was there. You could get talk, talking to the CEO, the CTO, the CMO. You could, if partners talk to us, they, they get real. We could, we literally whiteboarded on the back of my Chromebook of, hey, this is how we can do things. I still I, think it's because it's niche. Because at RSA, all of us go, yes, also the CMO, the CRO, the, the VP, whatever. The, but, the cost, uh, but the cost is prohibitive from the customers from getting there. Yes, correct. But also, whomever is there, the problem is it's too broad. It's too big. The topic is everything. Uh, you get every vendor on earth, including all the earliest possible stage companies that come there to get funded for the next round because this is where they meet their VCs. And at the end of the day, the competition on attention is tough. I think this specific example that you've been to, you've seen ROI because how many competitors you have in the field or players? I mean, I'm sure the big guys, the Octas, the, the Microsoft were there, the startups, who else? So there's a lot. So there's... First of all, the service providers. This field has a sure. lot. Of, so basically all... Every field in security have exactly. the all, MSSPs so all, and all the integrators. The, all the integrators, all the MSSPs were there. Yep. All the big players, which are Cisco, Okta, Microsoft, sure. Ping. There, there's quite a few big vendors. And don't forget that a lot of the passwordless companies got a lot of money in Series A. Transmit, I think, got like half a billion in the Series A or something like that. So yeah. They were there. Fido Alliance and the government are funding a lot of things with the identity. And we aspect. just had, uh, if, if you're interested about what's new over there, check our latest episode about passwordless. passwordless. And FIDO, yes. There's been a lot of presence from from the, the, the different players that are kind of adjacent, like AWS and Google. And the, everybody, so everybody was there. It's just nobody had that main central booth that took up everything. But I do want to also talk a little bit about the talks and the quality of the talks. Okay. And what did you learn? So here's something that was very interesting to me. So I didn't get exactly into an argument, but I did get into an argument with one of the analysts because he was talking about, speaking of our previous episode, Ryan did a very, very good job of explaining why you need to break the suite sometimes. And the analyst was saying that, no, what you should do is get everything out of Microsoft or Okta. And love them both, partnering with both. You need to ask yourself what your business needs are. Also, he said that there's still legitimate use cases for SMS, and I don't think that that exists. I think the analysts should take a much stronger position. I think they just don't want to piss off Twilio and some of those players. They should just say, hey, SMS should be taken out of the equation right now, it's not safe it's, anymore. It's not safe it's anymore. Proved to be it's proved to not to be safe. Vector of attack. Exactly, and the banks are doing an awesome job. Like I showed you with uh, our Citibank, Citibank now allows you to authenticate with QR code through the app. They allow you to do a whole bunch of. I'm stuff. upset on them. I, I, the app stopped working, and I cannot scan checks anymore. So, and and they <laughs> emailed me when I complained. They emailed me saying. Oh, reply back with your bank account information. I, I should show it to you so you freak out. Okay. No, you wouldn't have mentioned them as 
No, I, doing least, good stuff. I I I, I, I like the app. I like the uh, same. Not goes. working for me currently, so. Uh, yeah, but your but, but but your yeah. phone is like malware central, so we. We're I don't done. think so. The Didi and Latal show will return in a moment. The Didi and Latal show is sponsored by Ort. In today's world, identities are the perimeter protecting the organization and are the most exploited vector by attackers. If your security teams are struggling to maintain control of identity management tools, Ort can help. Ort offers a centralized platform for discovering, monitoring, assessing, and remediating identity threats to your business. While most security platforms can take weeks or months to start identifying and remediating risks, with Ort, your security teams can get started in as little as 30 minutes and start securing the identity perimeter immediately. Ort will surface the most critical vulnerabilities and give your security teams the recommended action steps. Start your trial today at ort.io. That's o o r t.io. I also had a conversation this week with uh, Gardner Analyst. Great conversation. Loved it. There is a trend of consolidation. He mentioned it as well in my field of, yep. yeah, everybody's going uh, Microsoft E5 license. It's a thing. I, I, yes. So there is like, do you want to buy your complete stack from one vendor or do you prefer a best of breed? I think that some cutting edge companies understand that if they want to be ahead of the game, sometimes best of breed is the right way to go. Yep. But I do understand that. Um, you know, striving for simplicity. Procurement is pushing for that. I, I understand the stance. Um, uh, I, I think this consolidation. is... Consolidation. I completely understand the consolidation aspect. Yeah. The the thing that is still not... It's, it is very much so on the endpoint. So to be completely transparent, we're looking at using Microsoft ourselves for the EDR because A, I still don't want to pay money to CrowdStrike, and B... To right. your own EDR internally at all. Exactly. Okay. Because I, right. I I, think if we're getting a Microsoft license, make the most of it. But w- the fact is we are using Okta for MFA. We're not using Google. We are breaking the suite because we do believe that a, a dedicated vendor, if you're in the security space, you should care. And right so now... finding the best... In each and every field, and specifically this one, when you w- when you Be- interact, best of breed, best Sorry. of breed. So it actually does come back to what the analyst was saying about the need to evaluate the business. And if I'm in retail, what Microsoft gives me is not thinking retail because retailers that you can't own the phone, you can't. There's a whole bunch of things that come with this. Think of education. We talked a little bit about our kids and the teachers. I don't know if. Uh, a simple the, the the way that an, a veteran enterprise person will know what to do with, with work with the teachers. I think, but the, the reality is that if you're in retail, though, the other point is you are a big Asia shop because you're not going to go in with AWS, obviously. Yep. So you get all the security on top in such a sweet deal that is almost nothing. Yep. Those blanket nice licenses that procurement likes the cio head of it everybody likes so it's very tough i think for the security people to say no 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 no. but we want the best of breed we want this startup and this solution so i uh, know i'm there for me i love the fact that we are having this discussion because i'm gonna ping mike to cut this out and and stick it on our website because 
and attach it to the good enough is not good enough, mainly because it is that good enough is not good enough. And right now, by the way, one of the things we do work with companies is to run an evaluation on top of Azure and tell you, are, are you actually getting what you, you're supposed to, to get? And in a lot of cases, people think that their posture is one, and their posture is a very different one. Now, now they, have, they have a way to solve this on top of Azure, but that's usually bringing out like a strong, strong Azure kind of specialist to help them rebuild their conditional access policy. That's not on the cheap. And then they need to understand if they need stronger FIDO because right now some of those things depend on also getting in tune and depending on other things. So... They, they so might to get the advanced capabilities out of the big guys, call it Microsoft, you actually need to invest. And if you compare it apples to apples with the startups that you can put in addition, you might get to the same place. Exactly. I, I actually, we've seen it in the sim space as well. I, I'm playing it with hunters. It's interesting. So this week, my company announced very exciting news that we're now built on top of Databricks as well as Snowflake. So really exciting news for uh, us because we come with a very new approach for replacing SIM, giving an alternative to SIM. Companies can consolidate the data wherever it is if they are already. And many of uh, the, the large organizations use Snowflake, use Databricks for other use cases, but then they go and use Curator, Logarithm, or, yeah. or they want to go with Microsoft for SIM. We give them an option to still consolidate and go with the big guys in data and get the best analytics detection, investigation, uh, uh, cross-correlation response from hunters on top, and they can buy it through the uh, connected app of Databricks, Snowflake, whatever they, they're using. And Snowflake, the by the way, announced their marketplace right now. So you can now buy through through Snowflake. Right, right, right. You can procure through Snowflake. You can procure through AWS if you want yep, to yep. have simplicity in procurement. Yep. I think when it comes to security, let's say what we believe in. Yep. If procurement is the problem, then you can get most of the startup which are cutting edge through either of your resellers, the, the channel partners, and ease up the friction. If you're using the optives, the guide point, the trace threes, whatever. So you can get each of our solutions through them. And you can and get through it through Marketplace. Marketplace, both AWS and Azure. Yeah. So uh, there is a way to still make your procurement guys happy. Thumbs up, not make you legal. a pain, legal, and not, yes, you don't want to maybe procure a completely new vendor, small company from Tel Aviv or from Boston. But at the end of the day, do consider the tech because it has advantage at the end of the day from yep. the big guys. Like we can break stuff and make the uh, really cutting edge of technology. Yes. So now you mentioned Databricks, so it reminded me of something else that was in the conference, which I really liked. They were talking about a concept called data identity engineer, and I don't know, do they have a data security engineer concept? Gartner has been they pushing, pushing any of that concept with... Uh, we can check with them. That's worthwhile because right now my Slack is full of a lot of our customers or prospects asking us. So, for example, this week there was an announcement that allegedly Okta has a vulnerability 
that's BS. I already posted on that. That you can see if somebody types in their in the username field their passwords, that it shows up in the logs. Now Dimitri came along and said that hey, if you already have access to the logs, there's so much other things in the logs that that's not that's always true whomever has an access to logs has has a lot of access to a lot of things and it also sasha ran an an analysis to show that very few customers actually have that problem especially those that turn on specific features in octa to avoid people making that mistake but the ability for me to have a sasha that runs that analysis is something that most organizations don't have and i think this is where They should start thinking of partnering with companies such as ourselves, like your team, Axon, that we not only have the tool, but we can also run the queries and say, this is what you need. And people need to understand that there's always these data-related questions as you make business-related decisions. We call it call a friend. So when we have, I, I think that's one of the biggest advantages of working with the uh, startups is Yes, we can attract talent that may be the big guys, not necessarily. They can pay. But a lot of the great talent in security actually wants to work for the bleeding edge. So yeah. we have great talent and we can make them available to our customers. So like if you are asking yourself, and am I exposed to a specific vulnerability? And you don't know how you don't have the capabilities to go and do the queries yourself and, and check it out. You have those services, in our case, Team Axon, your team. When it comes to those things, if you see something pops up and you don't know what it means, I am not sure when you call Microsoft how much the guy on support will actually be an expert enough to so know. So I'll tell, I'll tell you a funny story that happened this week. Yeah. So one of, I'm talking to one of our customers, a good friend, and we are exchanging things, and I'm asking him, dude, Did somebody from Uzbekistan hack you? And he says, he said a whole bunch of profanities and, and flipped me the, the bird. And then I show him in the logs. And he says, that's just wrong. Look at this IP address. It, it, it's, it's a US-based IP address. This is the parts of us being a bunch of nerds. And we know, who, and I said, yeah. It, 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 I told him, it's either a Zscaler address or a Prism address or, or Netscope. It looked like the, one of those proxy servers IP addresses. And, uh, and we check it in Talos because I always believe that Wachinsky is always right. And Talos says, it's, yes, we were right. It was a Prism IP address. And so it's the Uzbekistan? Just wait for it. Uh, okay. Initially, I thought it, it showed up in our product, and I thought it, it was our bug. Okay. Uh, so I reverse it down, and I see that Microsoft... In their logs alerted the the fact that it said that this person came from Uzbekistan and we're looking at IP info thanks for meeting Ben it was awesome talking to you this week so I was looking at IP info's data and with Talos's data that we bring into our product and no it's so it's their bug potentially? It, it's no it's definitely their bug and I call up Microsoft support and they said and they're really nice and they have a really good path for us but it's it's still you being researched in the meantime a whole bunch of people that have a restrictive policy on geolocation it blows up if they're using well bugs the, happen right bug, bugs happen now we are having a, an interesting internal discussion of how to present this to the customers because you can't make away go, make Microsoft go away because the policy is impacted by their stuff absolutely but, but yeah, we're detecting I mean, other stuff 
I mean, you can cross-correlate it with other things and help them make a decision, yes. informed decision. Yes, but that's, but that's on it. our platform, not on their platform. They need to know where the enforcement point is. But this is why you need, going back to the data analytics capability, you need to know how to run to run this analysis because those those things happen all but the time. But that also time. plays for the point of having a best of breed because if you would have just a suite of one stack of products, uh, products from one vendor, one, probably one, you wouldn't one, be able to, to say if this is a false or, or yeah, yeah, because it's really hard to cross correlate it. They have, so you may have way more. And one bugs. mistake in one of the big guys, one of the mistakes can percolate everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that's a little bit of a why you need a data, the, the data, uh, the data identity engineer or the identity data engineer or the security data engineer, the people that can run the queries and why you need some some of our stuff is because then we called up every one of our customers. That's an Azure customer and said, hey, you probably have this problem. And a whole bunch of them had like an oh shit thing that they needed to change things in policies because users did get blocked. Countries that, places that have stronger conditional access policies basically blocked out people and they didn't understand where the problem is coming from. So that's the data identity engineer. The other thing is understanding that you need a holistic platform right now. They're, they're pushing, Gartner's pushing a lot, and it's true for your space and true for my space. The holistic platform that includes both hygiene and threat detection. Because mm-hmm. the hygiene part makes, it's a little bit like finding things in your closet. If, if your closet looks like your closet, finding things in it isn't challenging. If you marry condo like me, it's easier to find things because everything has a place and everything is clear. So when you rule out the noise through hygiene, you besides reducing the vulnerability aspects, you also are able to see the threats in a clearer way. So I agree completely with Enrique that he's the, the analyst that, that is big in our space, that you need to clarify the use cases, be clear, be crisp, and explain this is more on this side. This is more on that side. But not necessarily build two different products for this, but have solutions that work with each other to solve this problem. So the holistic view of the identity platform between IGA, remediation, detection, and hygiene, the, that holistic platform, and they have very good graphics on the topic. It's worthwhile reading the, the full report on this because... If you're missing some of these components, you might need to consider what are you missing in your business because you're missing these components. Okay. And you can I, share a link to I the will. report. I will. I will. Probably Mike will probably do a better, shorter, shorter version of a write-up of this. Sounds yeah. good. Cool. What else do we want to talk about? I think we're good for today. We covered a lot. We'll be heading to RSA. So if any of you want to meet with us in person, we're going to be there. So reach out to us and let us know. As always, uh, we would love to have you on the show. So if you want to be on the show, tag yourself, email us, tell us. We're here weekly. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks, Didi. Thanks, Lito. Please follow up, uh, follow us, and uh, share with friends wherever you get your podcast. We'll be here next week. Goodbye.